So tonight I'm going to do a part two of the series I began um, a week. Well, it's been two weeks now because Elsa, the hurricane that they predicted would was going to blow us all down, <laughs> didn't do anything. But we, we we did call off the service because we didn't want people out and, you know, flooding and they they said power outages, which I don't know if there was any or not, but we don't want people to drive to church when there's not a red light or a green light. You know? So anyway, we skipped last Wednesday night, but we're going to pick up tonight and uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get right into the word. Father, we thank you again for your presence, for your glory. We thank you for your joy tonight. We thank you, Lord. There's peace here. There's prosperity here. Your healing power, your healing touches here. We thank you. You are all we need, Father. You are the all-sufficient one. And so as we look to you tonight, we thank you that we're changed into your same image through the Spirit of God and by the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we're going to start in Joshua chapter one and we'll review for a minute in case you weren't here or maybe you've forgotten. It's been two weeks ago. So we'll go over a few things. Uh, we'll try not to preach the whole message again, but we'll go over a few things and then we'll go, go a little further. Joshua one eight and the name of this is have good success. Have good success. And, uh, you'll see some things as we go along about how God instructs us to do that. Let's start in uh, Joshua 1 and then verse 8. The Bible says here, the book of the law, and we could say now because we're a New Testament group, we're a New Testament body of Christ, we could say the word. The word shall not depart out of thy mouth. Isn't it interesting? So many things start with our mouth. (laughs) With our mouth. In fact, I heard a minister say, many, many things in the spirit realm are voice actuated. You know, they're voice actuated. In other words, there's power in your tongue. And it can be life or it can be death. That's how powerful the tongue is. So here, the word shall not depart out of thy mouth. In other words, keep it in your mouth. Keep the word in your mouth. But thou shalt meditate. Therein day and night, and thou that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So we see here the word in our mouth, keep it in our mouth. Then we see meditation, meditation on the word. And, uh, you know, that's not a, that's not kind of a weird Eastern cult thing. I mean, they might have adapt, adopted it to, to be in some other religions. But this is God's idea to think about the word, to utter the word, to, to even say it under your breath over and over again, thinking about the word of God. And it actually when you meditate and here it says day and night. So this is something we can be very diligent with that we can do this day and night, and then we start seeing things happen. We start observing. We we can observe. In other words, we can see ourselves, uh, in, in this instance, having a successful life. Um, you know, some people have kind of a failure mentality. Well, everything I do just doesn't ever turn out right. You know, I'm just not lucky like the rest of the people or, or, you know, uh, I just don't get those breaks in life that other people get 
or I never get to meet anybody and prominent or important. You know, all I know is just regular, ordinary, you know, this go on and on and on. And uh, they're not really stretching or believing for a, a little more of of the abundant life that God has supplied through his word. You know, the word is the answer. Um, Jesus is the word. Amen. I mean, you know, this this word is very, very powerful. And when we uh, put it in our mouth and meditate on that and meditate on what he's done for us already. You know, I heard another minister say, remember your tenses, you know, because we sometimes we say we're going to get healed. I know we're going to be healed. Well, really, we're already healed. Because Jesus already did the work. Amen. It's not something we're reaching to grab. It's something we can simply say, I got it. It's mine. <laughs> Amen. He provided it and I take it by faith right now. Uh, same thing with prosperity. I think people think they, they think, well, when I get a million dollars in the bank, then, then I can say I'm rich or I can say I'm prosperous. But truly you are rich right now. Right now you're prosperous. And sometimes it's hard to say that when you think, oh, well, you don't know how many bills I have or you don't know how I'm struggling. And But, the, you know, the same applies, the same uh, faith applies uh, to prosperity as healing. Um, you are already made rich uh, through the grace of God. Hallelujah. So uh, that meditating on that and seeing yourself successful, seeing yourself uh, rich, seeing yourself wealthy. And, um, uh, you know, I think that, again, people might uh, acquaint that with pride or haughtiness, but really it's humility. Amen. Uh, anything that Jesus bought and paid for, we ought not reject. If it, if it took his, his blood and his body and his life to provide things for us, uh, it's very selfish and really prideful to reject it or say, well, I don't need that. <laughs> you know, um, Well, evidently we do need it because he paid a high price for it. And if he paid a price, I've just decided I'm going to receive it. Amen. Because I appreciate what Jesus has done for me. So, uh, uh, you know, saying these things, I'm prosperous, I'm rich is a very humble, really Humble thing to say. Amen. Unlike the world, because God's rich, riches are a lot different than the world's riches. <laughs> Amen. Oh, thank God. You know, we just read the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. And so uh, it's a whole nother way of divine life. Many times in the world, um, when there's wealth, and riches that were made through the world system, there's a lot of sorrow. And unfortunately, you know, you've seen lives destroyed by wealth and even suicides and things. You know, you, you wouldn't even believe somebody that you think has everything that takes their own life because there is sorrow with, uh, you know, a, a lot of that type of thing from the world system. But God's system adds no sorrow so you can be rich and happy. Amen. And joyful and unselfish and thinking about other people and being a blessing to other people and to certainly to the kingdom of God and to his ministry. 
for for the kingdom of God to be built. So let's move on. It says here, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now look over in Proverbs chapter 3 and we just talked a little bit about the uh relationship and correlation between wisdom and wealth. The wisdom of God and the wealth of God and there certainly is uh a connection between the two and of course the word talks uh extensively about that. And so we will look we we did look at this a little bit, but let's read it again just so we're all on the same page tonight. Proverbs chapter three, look at verse five. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Pastor talked about being led of the spirit Sunday morning. That's just vital if you're going to have good success, if you're going to prosper we really need to tune in to the voice of the Holy Ghost and to our spirit man. And so, again, make sure you listen to that if you missed it on Sunday. Because if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he directs our paths. And so look at verse 8. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Um, look at verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof of fine gold. One reason I think that's true is because with wisdom, you can, you're able to keep your gold and your silver. But if you become a fool with money, it's going to take wings and fly, you know, fly off. I mean, just because people think one million dollars is so much money, but not really. Not when you get to doing a couple of things, you know, it's it goes pretty quickly. And so it's not just obtaining the financial wealth, but it's managing the financial wealth. Amen. It's being a good manager. The Bible says a steward, a good steward, a faithful steward of what God puts into our hands. And that is only kept through wisdom, the wisdom of God. So um, here he says um, in verse 16, talking about wisdom, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand is riches and honor. There's the word again, riches. Get used to saying it. Amen. Get used to saying riches and rich. And I'm not ashamed of prosperity and abundance. Hallelujah. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold on her. Talking about wisdom and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth by understanding hath established the heavens. And then look over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom. Now underline that in your Bible. Let's pursue it. Let's ask God for it. Uh, he's made it available to us. He said he's made unto us wisdom and righteousness and, you know, redemption. Hallelujah. Sanctification. That's all ours. So let's uh, uh, endeavor to hear from him and get wisdom on our situations, especially tonight we're talking about finances. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Uh, 
neither decline from the words of thy mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, I have put, you know, in my prayer list, I have a prayer list that I keep and uh, I check off things when I see the manifestations of those things. I date them. So I, it's just amazing how God answers prayer. And sometimes we forget that we've prayed for certain things uh, and we've gotten the answer. You know, I'll go back over my prayer notes and I'll go, my goodness, look at that. That's what exactly what we prayed for. And it and here it is. You know, we have it. So so uh, one of the things I've put at the top of my list now is wisdom. I pray for Pastor David and I every day. God, give us wisdom for the day. Give us wisdom today. Give us spiritual understanding for you, for you, for our church members. Lord, give them wisdom today. Give them spiritual understanding. Amen. It is the principal thing. Therefore, get it. Get wisdom and get understanding. Exalt her. Look at this in verse eight. And she shall promote you. She shall promote. You want a promotion? Amen. I'm telling you, wisdom will bring promotion in your life. All kinds of different kinds of promotion. Maybe you're listening by live stream and you think, well, I should use a promotion at my job. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Hallelujah. And then she shall give to the ahead, uh, to thy head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. She shall deliver to thee. And of course, all these uh, chapters are really good, but we'll move we'll move along. So let's look at Second uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter uh, one, and read a little bit about Solomon. And of course, you know the story here, but I think it's so good just to again look at this in light of having good success and in light of the correlation relationship between wisdom. And wealth. Amen. So Solomon in verse six, he offered unto the Lord a thousand burnt offerings. Well, he wasn't scared of giving, was he? (laughs) A thousand. Can you imagine doing a thousand of anything? Today I did a hundred (laughs) sit-ups. And I thought I'm go- I've been going to a new exercise class and they're pretty militant about things, but I figured I needed this. So anyway, I thought when I was on like 59, 60, 61, I was going, Jesus. <laughs> but now, you know, you think about a thousand of anything. Solomon was pretty serious, wasn't he? A thousand burnt offerings. And that night, verse 7, did God appear unto Solomon and said, ask what I shall give thee. So he got God's attention, didn't he? And that doesn't mean you have to give a thousand of anything. But I just, I just, you know, think that's interesting. I, I think that um, it's it's our heart in our giving, don't you think? I mean, if it's your last dollar that you have for the rest of the year and you give it to the Lord, I think that gets God's attention too, even if it's one dollar. Amen. So in that night, God appeared and said, what what can I do for you? And then in verse 10, uh, Solomon answered him and said, give me now wisdom and knowledge. Now, you know, God evidently it was wide open. He, he could have asked for anything. But he said two things that seem to be a running theme throughout the Bible. Even the Ephesians prayers 
says, I pray that, that God would give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Amen. And the knowledge of him. Uh, and spiritual understanding. Those prayers that Paul prayed were all about wisdom and understanding. It's something that is God-given that we have to have so that we can maneuver through a pretty dark world. It is light for us, and it illuminates our path, wisdom and knowledge. So he said, okay, give to me wisdom and knowledge. Now look what God said to him in verse 11. And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches or wealth or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, Neither yet had thou, thou asked for long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there any after thee have the like. Now, that's an amazing word from God, isn't it? Wow. And so we see that all this wisdom and knowledge uh, was coupled with wealth and riches in his life and honor. Amen. He wasn't a, you know, a scamster, a, (laughs) a dirty dog that had wealth and riches. He was a very honorable man that had riches. He got honor along with it and i believe the plan of god here which is in chapter 2 verse 1 was for him to build the house of god amen that was his assignment one of them was to build the house of god i believe that's our assignment and um in matthew chapter 6 you know the bible says and solomon in all of his glory were not arrayed like one of these lilies and and what he's saying is this kind of abundance is is available to you. Didn't he say, seek first the kingdom of God at the end of that chapter? And all these things, his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So uh, he was talking about Solomon in all of this uh, in that chapter, in that New Testament chapter to us. So... Uh, Let's let's increase our imagination. Let's increase our and expand our thinking. Amen. Um, I have a, a CD by Terry Foy, uh, Jerry Savelle's daughter, who I'm, I really enjoy listening to her. Uh, she just uh, does, you know, she teaches spiritual things, but she also motivates. She's kind of motivational, but that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. I think I can use motivation at times. Amen. But uh, one of her, uh, one of her titles is think and imagine big. And I just put it on my bookshelf right in front of me so I can see that every day. Think a little bigger, Scarlett. You know, ex- expand your thinking. Imagine a little bigger. Pray a little bigger. Amen. Um, envision things that are going on in your church and your ministry and, and your relationships that are, are bigger. Praise God. And if you see something in the word, um, you know, I I enjoy the book of Acts. And so I read through there one day and, and it talked about prominent and important women that uh, were involved in some of the 
revival there, you know, prominent and important. It just jumped out the page to me and I thought, prominent and important. I'm going to believe God <laughs> to meet prominent and important women. <laughs> Amen. And so I put that on my vision, you know, thing. And since I wrote that, I've been making a list of who all I've met in the last three years. Some of them were David's friends <laughs> that I had never met before, but some really interesting people that are very prominent and, and important, you know, very significant. Um, and it hadn't just been women, you know, uh, but I was thinking about their lives and, you know, some of them are, uh, they have a billion dollar companies. Amen. Now this is just on my little list of, you know, uh, one of them was General, uh, Mark Milley from the military, you know, the top ranking, uh, military officer in our nation. It was fun meeting him. <laughs> and, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything that we push for or that, oh, you know, I'm going to write them letters until I drive them crazy or something. You know, it just was something I put on my prayer list and vision casting that I thought, you know, I, I want to meet some of these, uh, what do they call them? Movers and shakers. I, I want to be inspired by some of these people who have achieved things in their life, not just money, but, uh, you know, that doesn't hurt either, especially if you're, you know, Terry Foy said, if you want wealth, study people with wealth, study, study their living habits, study the way they invest, study the way they give. Amen. And uh, so I think that, you know, the, there's, there's things that we can do to imagine big and to, to uh, even be brave enough to get your pen out and write it down on your prayer list. You know, be brave and courageous enough to get a vision board and put it on there. Because sometimes we're scared to do that, you know. Um, I, I've told this before, but, I'm, you know, I'm just, it goes right along with this. So I'm just going to say it. Amen. My um, daughter had gone through such a hard time, my oldest daughter, and she had... Uh, Put, gotten a vision board together and, and put it up and she had listened to Terry Foy's teaching about that and, and she had put a million dollars. I'll be, have a million dollars by the time I'm 30. And I'm telling you, she was in a bad place before that financially. Um, and that wasn't of her own doing. It was just some situations and circumstances. Amen. So anyway, uh, she showed me her bank account one day and had a million dollars in it. And she said, look, mom, look what I have here, you know. And I'm telling you, it changed my, that moment in time changed my life in my thinking that I've been thinking way too small. Amen. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking thousand dollars or something, you know, and God really is so abundant that, it, that we shoot too low. So, I, I mean, it didn't take me five minutes to get back to my vision board and write out a million dollars. And I'm telling you, I wasn't even used to write, writing that many zeros. It took me a little bit to go, oh, you know, with shaking. <laughs> zero, 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 zero. I think we should get used to writing millions. Amen? If we can't write it down, how can we ever expect to see it in our bank account? If we're too scared to write it. Amen? So, um Again, just thinking big. And uh, one of the things Terry says is don't put something on your vision board that's easy or that you can 
you know, get very easily. Put impossible things so that God can do it. Amen. And uh, you'll certainly see his hand move in the directions of the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Um, and I, I just think there's so much work for the Lord that can be done that we all we all need to really prosper and put our faith on this. Satan does not want you to have money because he knows if every one of us here tonight were millionaires, how we could change the complexion of the ministry. Amen. Just think about it. Just the ones here tonight watching online. If you were all millionaires, just think about the offering tonight. (laughs) Just think about the expansion of the kingdom of God. Well, the devil doesn't want that. And so he tries to keep prosperity uh, either out of the church or extreme, you know, where you have to have a gold pulpit and diamond little lights and stuff. (laughs) You know, it's either so extreme or it's completely ignored. That uh, people get the wrong ideas about it. But um, praise the Lord. We're balanced. Amen. We know the purpose of money. Money with a purpose. And we know that it's to be used to glorify the Lord in all things. So let's look at uh, just a minute at, at, wis- at the, the uh, wisdom of Solomon. And what all happened because of his wisdom. And that's in chapter 9. When a queen, now this wasn't just some lady off the street, this was a queen, remember that, the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon and she came to ask him hard questions. He wasn't scared of that either, was he? Not Well, you wouldn't be if you had the wisdom of God, would you? See, the wisdom of God will answer any questions. Or it might just be silent and let the people think about <laughs> what they're asking if it's a dumb question, you know, and it doesn't even have to be answered. But you have the wisdom in your mouth to answer what needs to be answered. Well, in his case, he answered all her questions. And um, in verse 2, it says that Solomon told her all her questions and there was nothing hid from Solomon, which uh, he told her not. And then the queen of Sheba, verse 3, had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also, and their apparel. Everybody's dressed top notch, right? And it just didn't make God mad, did it? No, he provided it all. And his ascent by which he went into the house of the Lord, and there was no more spirit in her. It took her breath away. Some people said she fainted. I mean, you know, she was taken back by all of the the appearance of everything. And the it says, uh, you know, even the happiness of his workers. Everybody was happy and blessed. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, God is very extravagant. But he's not wasteful, is he? You know, he's very extravagant. Anybody that walks on streets of gold and has a pearl that has a gate, you know, that's made into a gate, um, is pretty extravagant, wouldn't you think? And, you know, we think we've spent a lot of money if we asphalt a driveway, if we put asphalt on a driveway, and it is pretty expensive. But we didn't do it in gold, did we? So, you know, God is extravagant, and this this was extravagance here. But it was not wasteful. He's not wasteful. Uh, 
even, you know, you see the miracles of Jesus when he multiplied the food for those thousands of people to eat. Even the, the, the fragments were gathered up. He wasn't going to let it go to waste, was he? We gather up the fragments and we take those home too, the 12 baskets. Uh, so remember that too. Um, he's not wasteful. He's, uh, very, I, I believe, well, you know, you, you look and I'm not trying to point one race out of a, another, but just, you know, we all know that the Jewish race preaches to themselves and to their families uh, and to, uh, you know, their their siblings and sons and daughters that wealth is good, that God wants you to be wealthy. Amen. And we know that they have uh, wonderful accounting practices and they're not wasteful. Right. And so uh, and they're very, very, you know, rich in this world. So I think we can see. How Jesus, our Lord, as a Jew, uh, would, would, would teach some of these principles, um, not only through the word, but through his actions. He was constantly given to the poor. Was that being wasteful? No. It was being a blessing. Amen. And, and so we see the, uh, the wisdom of, of his life as well. So let's move on here in verse six. Howbeit, I believe not their words until I came and my eyes has seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Only half, he, she said only half was told me. And most people, when they tell something like that, they exaggerate, <laughs> but she didn't even get the half the story of his life and his, uh, kingdom happy are thy men happy are these the servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom notice again the mention of wisdom all through this blessed be the lord thy god which delighteth in thee to set thee on this throne to be the king for the lord thy god because thy god loved israel to establish them forever therefore made he the king over them to do judgment and justice and then she gave him. Now, you know, this is another interesting thing. She gave the king 120 talents of gold, of spices, great abundance, and precious stones. Neither was there any such spices as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. She gave him. Not like what? Why? He didn't need that. She should go down the street and give that to the goodwill or to the poor. That's sometimes our thinking. Sometimes our thinking is a little off from what God instructs us to do. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with giving to goodwill. I do. And and giving to the poor, I do. And we need to do those kind of things. But we don't need to not be a blessing to those who already are blessed. There's nothing wrong with that either. And I think there's something really interesting in giving Upward, upward giving. Um, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. And I don't think that's always just tap dancing and ballet, you know, <laughs> even though I, I like tap dancing and ballet. <laughs> I have tap shoes in my closet right now. <laughs> so, yeah, when I get ready for a class here, I'm gonna do it. it's fun. I'm not taking away from that. I'm just saying that's not always the gift that's going to make room for you. Sometimes. 
It's the gift that you are instructed by the Lord, by the Spirit of God, to give into someone's life who already has abundance. And you sow into that abundance for a, a harvest of anointing and the, an abundance that's on their life and ministry to come into your life and ministry. Now, I'm telling you, that's a principle that's very powerful. And... um and I know there's a truth there, and, and many of you know that as well, serving the Lord for so many years. You know the power of giving and receiving. Um, so here she brought all this to, um, and let me say this too. There used to be kind of a, and there might still be, with uh, old money, with old wealthy people, there was a, kind of a tradition that they had, and probably still do, that like, for instance, we we had a friend that was very wealthy, and I was a teenager, and she was going to come down to our house in Panama City from Atlanta. She lived in Atlanta. And so before she came, she sent us a gift. And now I had never even, you know, been around her much or anything. And Mother was shocked. She said, usually people send a gift or a thank you note after they come and stay with you. But she sent it before. And... um so we were asking about that and, and, you know, we found out that many times, you know, the wealthier people, the older wealthier people will do that because it's a, 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 a gift that opens up your heart to them. That gift will make room for them in your life. It's, uh, it's almost an act of faith. Here, I know we're going to have a great time together and I just want to bless you ahead of time. Isn't that interesting? And so um, I think that, you know, many of these things are based on scripture that we've seen through the years. And I hope hopefully they're not being ignored now. I think it's nice to honor one another as much as we can. Amen. So uh, your gift will make room for you and listen to the Holy Ghost and don't let the devil tell you, well, they don't need your money. You know, they don't need money. Uh, or uh, their ministry so huge they don't need your $10 a month or, you know, whatever. Don't let the devil talk you out of what the Spirit of God's saying because of circumstances. Because God's will is not based on circumstances. His will is his word. His will is what this word says and what he speaks to our heart. So there's upward giving, and we need to know that in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look at one. Are you ready for one other scripture? And then we'll go tonight. I know I didn't get much further along the line, but hopefully you're blessed because of the word. Amen. Let's look over at James and uh, we'll see in verse one how easy easily wisdom is accessed. James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lack wisdom. If you don't know what to do, if you're in a situation that you're thinking, I, you know, maybe, all right, let's use a financial example. Maybe you have a bill that's come in and you think, I don't know how in the world I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. It's due and such and such. And there's no money that's good that I can see that's going to come in during that amount of time. And so, uh, what, what would I do? Well, I believe here. This is the answer. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. 
Now, you know, this is kind of like the prayer of faith. When do you receive the wisdom? The minute you ask. Well, I didn't hear anything. You know, God didn't really speak to me. See, you're negating your your prayer right then. When I ask God for wisdom like that, I'll say, Lord, I believe right now that you give me the wisdom that I need to handle this situation because you said it shall be given him. It won't be given you in 10 weeks. It'll be given to you right then when you ask for it. And I'm shocked at how God will lead and direct you. I mean, it is amazing how the need gets met. Sometimes it's money that comes in. Sometimes the favor of God is there and, and the situation didn't even require money. I mean, we, we had a situation not too long ago where, uh, well, it was probably about a year ago or two. I can't remember, David, but anyway, where we thought we owed a bunch of money and David got to looking at, and it was a time, it was time sensitive, you know, it was coming up really soon. And David got to looking at the papers and he said, this isn't even due till next year. <laughs> Remember, this isn't even due till next year. Yeah. And it was the time we needed to get the finances to pay it because we didn't have it right then. And we were asking God, you know, Lord, you know, we need we need this money. We need it now. We need it now. And and uh, something triggered in him to go back and look in the files and look at the dates and it was a year ahead that we had to have it. Isn't that amazing? So uh, God has a way of really making things work for you. And and he will do it any time you ask for wisdom. So I uh, admonish you and encourage you to use this. It's something that God wants you to operate in. And it can bring such amazing results in your life. Yeah. And such peace. Such peace, too. We don't have to be all upset and anxious. You know, there's people who divorce because of money situations. Finances is a really hot topic. I mean, it can be very hostile and um, create tremendous problems in relationships and church and ministries and and certainly in marriage. So, uh, you know, ask God for wisdom and let him give it to you and receive it right then. Look at verse six. Let him ask in faith right then. Thank you, Lord. I ask you for wisdom. I have the wisdom of God right now in Jesus name. And then any time like the rest of that day, the devil goes, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Just say, I have the wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. God is working on this situation and I have his wisdom. Amen. And let the Lord show out and show himself strong. Do you believe it? Amen. Me too. I've seen it happen and I know it's true. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just pray right now for each person here and and no matter what situation they're in financially, some people could be in a great situation right now and just set up. And we thank you for that. And we ask, Lord, that it even more increase in their lives so that they are able to do more for your kingdom. And for those, Father, who are struggling financially, maybe something's happened in their life. We've all been there where it just blew up and uh, and 
there was so much destruction financially and so uh, just robbed, really, by the enemy. But, Lord, we know that our uh, stability and provision does not depend on the circumstance. We depend upon you. So we pray for those that have had uh, disasters or, or you know, uh, struggles or even medical bills or, or you know, things that were surprises. Uh, you weren't surprised by that, Lord. And we thank you for uh, supplying every need. And, Lord, for wisdom in those situations, that they would follow you and you would make their way prosperous, that they would have good success in every situation. And I thank you, Lord God. You said ask for it and we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, you said everything we put our hand to will prosper. And we believe that. Lord, we thank you. Deuteronomy 28 and all those blessings are ours. And we're blessed coming. We're blessed going. We're blessed in the city and, and in the field. We thank you, Lord, that that the blessing of the Lord is upon us, upon our children, and upon our grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren. In Jesus' name, the blessing, the empowerment to prosper and to succeed. And we declare it. It will be in our mouth, and we'll meditate upon it, Lord. We'll observe to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, thank you for paying such good attention tonight and absorbing the word. And we love you. Pastor David and I love you dearly. And we continue to pray for you and your family in Jesus' name. We'll see you Sunday morning at 10. God bless you. You're dismissed.